I'm predicting the big trend for 2024 is people are going to talk about AI more. I just want to be able to wake up. My phone can just scan me, scan my calendar and just go, you know what? It's not worth going to work today. You're going to do nothing good. We could just tell you that. <laughs> try, try again tomorrow. Welcome back to the very first episode of a very third season of Brightcast. Third season, guys. Yep. New year, new season, new episode. This season is a little bit different and we've got guests on the podcast. So we're mixing up the format. So it's alternate, isn't it? So you'll have an episode from us guys yep. and then an episode with the guest as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the guests are pretty varied. So it's it's guests who are going to be speaking to people about visual marketing, yeah. but it might not be, you know, overtly about visual marketing. We've got one guest who's a radio DJ. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be a good season. Pro- yeah. Top three. Yeah, yeah. And all those episodes will be great. But uh, this one is the exciting one because it's happening right now. Yeah, it's, it's the, the one you're listening to. It's the yeah. coolest, right? Yeah. At this moment in time, it's the best episode of the season. Exactly, yeah. Hit us, Jess. What's it about? So we're kicking off season three, looking at the trends for 2024 and mainly looking at how we think that's going to influence businesses marketing in 2024. And throughout the whole episode, Jess and Rob are going to be uh, arguing with me about trends because I think trends are rubbish. So straight away, there's, there's some drama added into the uh, episode. Well, Drew, that's actually a thought that's gaining in popularity in 2024 is actually it's actually quite the trend no <laughs> every year i look at like different trend like articles and all this stuff yeah and every single time it's like hey guys newsflash i think i even said it in a previous episode i'm getting mad deja vu it says guess what video next year gonna be big i'm yeah. pretty sure i even said it in a previous episode that's how silly trends are yeah 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 but you know we're a, a good marketing podcast so we're not just going to say video is going to be a big thing we're going to go into detail about how it's going to be a big thing how it's going to change sorry and how the medium changes so i've done some research ahead of the episode into what i think some of the trends for 2024 are going to be as well as as well as some of the articles that have been released from other marketers um but before we jump into those, do you guys have an, anything you want to discuss that you think is going to be in or out for 2024? Yeah, Drew. I mean, strangely, I think video. <laughs> out. Out. It's going to be out. Oh, wait, we're saying out. In no, or in, out. In it or was out. just a joke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. I messed that whole thing up. Um, yeah, strangely, I think video is going to be good next year. Uh, I, I think more narrative-led case studies okay. will be a thing. I've seen, right. them, seen them a bit more now everyone loves a case study yeah but so many case studies are just boring like it's just talking head with b-roll talking head with b-roll and yeah. we've done loads of those for clients because it's what's been asked yeah but they're just not that they're not that engaging you want to hear you want to see a narrative a bit more so more narrative in there maybe even more humor as well we're seeing more clients yeah. wanting more humor we're on a shoot tomorrow next week we're on four shoots in fact over the next couple of weeks where they're all trying to weave in more humor yeah but yeah, that's my top tip for 2024. I think more immersive, narrative-led case studies are going to be yeah. the thing. I think part of it is the shift as well, because it's not just a testimonial anymore, is it? It's the narrative stuff you're talking about. It's not just someone to camera states yeah. speaking a quote that they'd have on the website. Yeah. yeah, It's having the background of what they've actually done for that company and the impact they've had, yeah. which I think then is the 
the power it's having. So I think yeah. some companies are still thinking, well, my client's talking about something I've done isn't as good as me showing it. Yeah. Mm. And it's having that balance of the both. Yeah, yeah. The, wor the worst ones are those who are just like, it, oh, what a great bunch to work with. Yeah. What you really want to do, and you said the narrative aspect is, where were you? What, what's been done and where are you now? Yeah. What's the transformation that's happened? And, uh, and then the other tip really is to tell it in the first person. But if you're doing a more interactive version of a testimonial, it's going to be there anyway. Yeah, I think as well, if you're a smaller company, having a narrative-led case study where you're almost a character yeah. and you're introducing people to you and you know, you're then the main character in this, t in this story where you're solving all these issues... That's surely got to help a lot more as well. If you're yeah. a bigger company, yeah. there's loads of people and you're almost a little bit, you know, faceless, nameless. Yeah. Not necessarily as much. But yeah, if you're a small company and, you know, it's like a case study for an IT service, let's say, and it's somebody who they might be going out to you if you were to hire them. You kind of, you're like, you've seen them. You've kind of got to know them a little bit through the case study. Yeah, yeah. You've seen what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, my trend... I'm not going to actually say what my trend is, but I'm going to put a trend in there, a bonus trend based on yours. I predict some conversations with clients where we're having to explain to them why their case study and testimonial is going to be a bit more expensive because we're trying to bring narrative, humor and fun into it. I think that'll be a big trend for us when we start pushing testimonials. And a bonus trend on that is I think a lot of clients will not want to do work with us. <laughs> Maybe we just need a good case study to uh, <laughs> in the impact. You just want a boring talking head. But not yeah. in 2024. Not in 2024. Go on, I mean, what's your, what's your actual trend? Um, my actual trend is... So 2024 is really going to be the year, potentially, because they keep pushing it back, where cookies start phase, phasing out. So, it is the year. Well, yeah, it is the year. It is yeah. the year. Allegedly, at least, at least yeah. some point, Google have already basically put a deadline for 2024. Yeah. In some part, removing cookies. Yeah. Maybe so, not all of it, but... So I, I, my trend is going to be probably 90% of people and organisations out there are going to do what happened with GDPR lists, where they just start trying to last minute rush and gather first party data, when really the smart ones, and you'll see it in the trends, have been doing it already, but start immediately when they're reminded they need to get first party data because yeah. we, we've seen last year and it's not happened yet with the first party data but we've seen with our clients the rise of a of a return from a good newsletter yeah and, and you know really really putting effort there because i think for a long time it's been neglected there are also ways uh, google are putting in in place to kind of not use cookies but something to replace it but I also think, like you say, people rushing, it's the same as GA4. Yeah. They're going to yeah, wait until yeah. the day before that it runs out and yeah. panic and then yeah. realise they're not allowed to collect any more data anymore. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And similarly, though, those companies that just make that early transition and do it well just get such a head start on the competition. Yeah. My main one is community-led marketing. Right. So there's just been a real increase in people don't want to be necessarily sold to anymore. And it's always been a thing. No one wants to just be directly sold to. Yeah. But there's a stigma now where if they know it's a sales post, they kind of switch off from it, which in turn is one of my out things is influencer marketing. Uh, I think in 2024, there's going to be a real shift in how much businesses are using influencers and how they're using them. 
So there might be a shift more to UGC content, but less around the influencer posts where it's like, I've just bought this thing and this thing's great. It needs to feel like it's coming from them in their real life. Do you you think the trend will be just perfecting that angle of it? Yeah, yeah. But also maybe sometimes just not even using influencers. There's been such a rise in using just normal people that are creating UGC content. like Um, innocent people. Just innocent people. Um, just normal people creating UGC content people are just offering to create that one they're cheaper for companies because they're not got two million followers then I guess the negative of that is you don't then have the face of Saffron Barker or someone like that promoting your brand yeah 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 I think um, you see it quite a bit on TikTok especially and I think one of the reasons there is um, we were setting up a campaign for a, a product and you look at the best practices and it's you know, cycle your ads basically yeah. every week. So you've got to do it yeah. so frequently. So if you're one of the large, say, beauty companies, you could get micro-influencers for every day of the year, really, yeah. for the same price as what it would normally cost for be- to have one of the la- larger influencers on yeah. there. And then on also the community side of things is people building more of a community of people that are going to buy from them rather than expecting to pick up new customer all the time. Yeah. Um, so kind of around customer loyalty and retention and things like that, but also just having more of a community on social media and your newsletter and things like that. So you have that audience to promote to. Yeah. Also, yeah. there's also going to be new ad things that are coming out and they're also important, but it's just creating that community where people already know and trust you. What's What are some of the obstacles at the minute for for that community authenticity i think a little bit some companies are still very much in the sales headspace yeah um so it's very much on social media it's from the company page well if we're not selling something then what's the point of us posting yeah um and it's shifting the mindset from not always trying to sell something but to create the community to create the trust from that person it's it's looking at the customer buying journey and looking from like the information stage and it's almost taking that information stage and them looking for suppliers away because you're the first person that's going to come to mind as yeah, soon as they yeah. recognise their need. So it's, oh, they need a video. Bright's going to do that for them. Or they need a haircut. This company's going to do it for them because they already have oh, that. Oh, haircuts. <laughs> but we were talking about it before this. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying, Drew's, always. Drew's rocking a new haircut. But it, it's creating that. not creating that it's losing that step and you're their first port of call one of the things i see predicted to be a trend in 2024 and it's something which companies have been doing for a while but it's not i would say adopted by the masses yet is ar and ar video and you've been able to you know scan furniture see how it looks in your room for ages but i don't know that many people do it do you think this is the year i don't know people tip it as a trend every single year same as video people tip ar and vr yeah. But it depends what business you're in. Because like with the community one, if you're running a business where it's going to be difficult to create that community, if you're a an accountant, it's going to be quite it's going to be more difficult to create in a community, I think, than it would if you were a pizza oven company. Yeah, yeah. So if you're an AR, yeah. if you're wanting to utilize AR and you uh you create signage, you could use AR for for a signage company. Yeah. If you're a social media department for a solicitors, not quite sure how you're going to use AR. Yeah, mm. I think there's a real gap in the market for B2B using AR. Like you say, a signage company, I think there are some exceptions, but 
yeah. is mainly aimed at B2C, isn't it, at the moment? Um, and, and I think something similar, like I've seen, I've used AR, I've seen great examples. There was, uh, what's the Nine Crimes wine thing? And it was, uh, you, you would get the app, put it on the bottle, and the guy comes out and sings a, a shanty to you. It's fun, and it's quite, it's quite cool. You can see people yeah. using it, but you've got to download an app for it. Yeah. You're in a supermarket. Uh, there's just those barriers. How so, many times people? How many? So if you're if you're buying that wine continuously as well, how many times are you scanning it? Um, how many times are you looking at it? You buy you're buying that wine every week. Yeah, you're scanning it every week to go. Oh, it's about the same bloody story. I guess it's aimed more at people that are col- not collecting but working their way through the. But wines. do they update like, the story? Yeah, maybe. Could they update the story? Could it be a full narrative that gets more entertaining the more bottles of wine you drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think, I think the I think the wine one's a good example. I think I'm just a bit cynical because, like the not like the video, videos in a, in the trend stuff every year. But video is great. Video is fantastic. Mm. We all we, everyone knows video works. Yeah, most of the time when people talk about ads and stuff, it's either amazing copy or amazing video work. Yeah, yeah. Two times people talk about ads. With AR though, yeah, it's always in trends. It's always topped for. It's always tipped. Sorry for like the next year's like big thing. Yeah, I mean, you never really see any massive, like, groundbreaking. No, you, you might with like a bigger, some bigger companies might be using it in certain ways, but you never seen it like being adopted into the mainstream. Which is why I'm cynical of it. I'm not. I'm not just yeah. being cynical uh, for the listeners out there. If there was something like the, uh, you know, the 3D billboards you see that wrap around the corner. Yeah. Um, if there was something like that, but it was available without, without a different app per company, and you could go on a you know, a street tour of London or something, and these, these like, you just keep scanning them and flashing up. That'd be quite cool. You could get a ghost Mark Twain telling you about something. I, I did an AR walk recently. Yeah? It was a Zog, Zog the Dragon, the Julia Donaldson book. Nice. And it was it was all right. Yeah. But, yeah, it was like, it just, it was, a, it was an all right little gimmick. No, in fact, I'm going to take that back. I thought it was all right. <laughs> The two-year-old target audience <laughs> loved it. Yeah. yeah. They were like, shit, there's a dragon right there in the walkway. Yeah. I can't believe they swear. You know what? They, 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 yeah, they don't, they don't, to be clear. <laughs> Social Mom, services. Mom, dad, you <laughs> look at this. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm taking it back. I'm, going, I'm, I'm, pulling, I'm pulling like, not a full 180, but like a 160 on this. Like, yeah, okay. AR's fine. I think, it's just, I think it's just finding the right use case for it. And I think, yeah, I'm being a closed-minded cynic when it comes to AI. But the wine example... The yeah. immersive walk example, they're probably good ways you can use it. Again, it's dependent on what company you have, but that's with everything. Yeah. yeah. I think I think fashion are really pushing it hard. Yeah. You can try on clothes. Yeah, jewelry uh, but, as but well. Again, that, that, like that. That, that has been a thing for quite yeah, a while. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Anything. There's just not been mass adoption of it, is yeah. there? And it might be a technological barrier that just needs breaking or I also think it it's not a genius way of using it either. Like it's a useful way of using it, and I like the way IKEA and jewelry brands and yeah. retailers are using it. But it's just not the touch of genius, is it? It's seeing the clothes on, cool. It's seeing the furniture in your room, cool. Yeah. But it's the same for all of them now. There's no like yeah. the walk thing. You know, I was amazed by it. You know, yeah. I was nonplussed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, it, there's no wow, that was incredible, or that ad was great, or that this thing I'm seeing. Yeah. is amazing. Yeah. There's also, there's still a bit of disconnect, isn't there? Like, a photo isn't a proper representation of real life. So if you're scanning your clothes and putting clothes on you, 
it's it they're not going to look like that yeah, it's not how it fits you know? is it you see yeah. you're seeing a sofa but it's not really the right dimensions yeah. probably like there's still but i guess that's as good as it's gonna like it's good as it needs to be like you're seeing it in the room you're seeing yeah. if it matches the color of your wall yeah. Do you need much else? Like you're having a laugh because you put in a toilet in your living room. You're like, this is this is fun. That's in at number one of top trends <laughs> for 2024. Well, so I think we're saying AR. We're skeptical about it being a real 2024 trend. Will it be used in 2024? Yes, it will be. Will it be used well in loads of instances? Probably. Yes. Will we take money to do something with it? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Of course we will. But, yeah, just and, and that stuff will be trends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just currently there's just it's just a constant stream of stuff. That's that's like you like Jess. I think Jess, you put it really well. Like when you just say it's cool, and it is cool, but yeah, I don't know how much further it and it then goes. That's yeah, all. yeah. So the biggest trend for 2024, and I don't want to touch on it too much, and Hair I only want to mention it because um an interesting example that I've seen, and there might be some use cases that people can take away rather than the obvious ones. Yep. But it is AI and the rise of AI in every single market and every single thing we do. I think it's over. I think it's had its day <laughs> in the sun. The main thing I want to touch on is how people can use AI for personalization. So more than just, oh, you should be using ChatGPT to do your boring admin tasks. So I don't, don't want to talk about that, but it's more personalization. And the main example that I saw was Netflix using AI to personalize thumbnails for different users. Right, yeah. Um, and how they can create different thumbnails dif depending on your preferences. And it was just talking about how people can be using AI a little bit more for personalization in yeah. 2024. Because again, personalization, I think, is always going to be on the rise. People are looking for personalized yeah. content for themselves. It comes from a lot of, uh, it's like it's lifted straight from a lot of sci-fi programs and stuff, isn't it? There's the Black Mirror episode where you get personalized shows mm. starring you. Um, in Ex Machina, they use his uh, Pornhub preferences to design the robot. Classic example. Yeah, yeah, which we're all hoping is going to be a trend in 2024, I guess. And I think it's a case of AI being used to do experimentation, you know, in... And it can do so many, you know, tens, hundreds, thousands of permutations of thumbnails and see what works. Yeah. My only thing is that... Uh, they're all They're all, yeah, even though it's good, yeah, it'll work, it'll get the numbers. I guess you've got to be able to choose what parameter you want to prioritise for because just views, unless you're a content creator, isn't enough. You've got to be yeah. viewed by the right people and just appealing to the right people. My only concern as well is it just seems like AI has been used really well by companies that can afford to spend millions on how they're using AI. Yeah. And I think the cost for entry of AI is quite high at the moment. And I'm not, I don't mean like I say like ChatGPT and things that yeah, are yeah. quite low level or Dali if you want to be using things for imagery. But it's it's actually using it in an impactful way for your marketing. I think the amount of time and resources that you're going to have to put into it you got obviously hire AI experts and consultants and things like that. But it's just, again, it's paying for that and having the expertise in that to be able to then use it impactfully. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for that execution and implementation side, you're right, there's going to yeah. be an expensive barrier to entry. Why people figure it out? Yeah. And, and the people that do, they should 
charge a premium because yeah. you know they're ahead of the curve. And that isn't to say you shouldn't be using AI to experiment, like you say. It's just ensuring that it's fit for your brand and fit for the purpose that you're using it for. Yeah. And you're using it for an experimentation. You're not going, we're wiping out everything we're creating currently and just using something to create a copy and something to create our imagery when doing yeah. nothing ourselves it's it's still having that human element and still having that touch point it's just a tool it's not the solution that's he, it here's here's my big prediction for ai in 2024 is by the end of 2024 people will be using ai in a way no one no one expected them to yeah it's going to open new doors that they've not even started thinking about yet yeah and i'm excited <laughs> I am excited. It's scary, but I'm excited to see the capability of it in terms of... Yeah. Because I do think it'll be useful. I think it'll be useful in every single sector. There is the scary part of where some people think it's taking over jobs, and in yeah. some elements it probably is, and that's is scary. But I also yeah. think there's so many uses for it at the moment that's going to be I just want to be able to wake up, my phone can just scan me, scan my calendar, and just go, you know what? It's not worth going to work today. You're going to do nothing good. Try try again tomorrow. We could just tell you that. <laughs> for free. Just give us a FaceTime in the morning, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm predicting the big trend uh, for 2024 is people are going to talk about AI more. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to talk possible? about it more. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I think it's always possible to talk about it more. I don't want it to be, but... It's going to be AI-driven, that's why. I, I, I use AI stuff loads, but, like, again, it's just a tool. That's yeah. all it is. It's taught to you stuff. And it will get better and it might make certain jobs easier and it might make certain clients or certain people think that, you know, designers, creatives, etc., don't aren't needed as much or something like that. But they're wrong. Yeah. They've been wrong for ages. Yeah. It's gonna carry on. Uh, like I I tried to do a uh a birthday invite for my kids' uh, birthday party. Um and it just it struggles with every element of it. <laughs> I gave yeah. it a billion different prompts. Yeah. This is Dali. And yeah, couldn't couldn't do it. In the end, she just bought an agency in. It cost it cost about twelve grand, but it was worth worth it. It looks amazing now. Yeah, you had no dropouts from those twelve kids coming to the party. No, you do the math. We've got ads rolling until next year as well, so <laughs> they could turn out next year. So I want to move on because I don't want this uh, yeah. podcast to be about AI. Um, it needed to be mentioned because it is something that's going to yeah. be increased in twenty twenty four, but. Another trend that's been popping up on people's lists is the rise of visual storytelling. And it's something we focus on throughout all of our projects in the office anyway. Mm -hmm. But how do you think it's going to impact people's marketing in 2024? A trend I think we'll start seeing is, and it's to do with the rise of visuals dominating the digital scene, yeah. is connected visual storytelling. So the importance of you know, your story and your message carrying through from, you know, the YouTube bumper ads to the website um, page they'll land on, to yeah. the follow-up remarketing, to email comms, and it'll be, you know, a fully connected storytelling piece of visuals. And it'd be good to start harnessing that and plan for it, as in, you know, you weave through the narrative by going and connecting all of these little bits the danger, of course, is they still need to work alone as standalone pieces, but build a build a nice visual storytelling. 
I think stronger visual storytelling feels a bit more inclusive as well. Because if you're really, really strong visually and you're showing things in a really strong visual way, I don't think you have to rely on things like uh, voiceover, stuff like that, you know, captions. Yeah. If you can really like visually, it's for classic like film adage, isn't it? It's show, don't tell. Yeah. If you can show stuff really, really clearly for your brand on any of those like touch points you just mentioned. I think it makes it a bit more inclusive as well, which is a nice yeah. bonus. We we did it recently in planning for a, it's for a, a Christmas piece to go out next Christmas, but it's having to revise what we'd put in the script. So we had a present wrapped up that was going to be a phone. It was like, well, for the visual storytelling, yes, we say first phone, we show an insert of the card um, and we explain it in voiceover, but let's just have it obviously be a phone box and a ribbon and a bow on it not fully concealed and it's just remembering those those old film school touches isn't it yeah for, for those for anything in the video content i think another bonus for visual storytelling is it's not something that's really easy to do uh, great visual storytelling does take skill time planning experience so when you have a lot of uh clients or people who want to do a lot of it themselves to try and save money cut costs yeah, yeah not not obviously not discouraging ugc and stuff like that but when it's like the higher tier visual storytelling stuff um they can't they need to get agencies professionals in yeah and we've seen loads from like there's loads of agency work where i see it and i know that those the clients i've worked with in the past have done stuff for themselves but then the other agencies i've seen work with them have done amazing work because yeah. it's the difference between the classic student short film to yeah. Oscar winning stuff. Yeah. Student stuff is you show everything, everything's shown constantly. Yeah. Like I think a year ago we had a narrative piece where they wrote a script and the script was just each character saying everything that needed to happen yeah, every yeah, single yeah. time. And it's just it's just not engaging yeah. stuff. No one wants to watch it. In fact, this morning, Charlie was ranting about the holiday and how in the holiday yeah. all they do is just say everything they're thinking. Say how they feel. That is bad visual say, storytelling. Yeah. yeah. I think, okay, so I've got a trend that I'm going to predict and you sort of touched on it there, but I think there's still going to be a, a place for UGC, a very prominent place, but I think there needs to be more strategy involved with it and part of that is to 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 teach and how to deliver this coherent visual storytelling because I think it's got to move on from just, you know, the micro-influencer going, I use this product and it's got to actually, you know, start telling the story. And, yeah. and and the better ones are doing it well now, you know, maybe by accident, maybe by design. But I think you can start building that in the strategy. And I know a lot of conversations I'm having with clients going forward for uh, social media marketing is, yes, the company page and everything's doing this, but per from your personals, let's work on that UGC and get a strategy there. Yeah. And uh, visual storytelling needs to come into that. Yeah, I think as well, hopefully with visual storytelling, I, a moment ago I was talking about visual storytelling specifically through video stuff. You were talking about visual storytelling as like a whole approach to video, like yeah, so, sorry, a whole approach to marketing. Yeah. I think with that, going on from your example, I do hope that with that being a trend, more clients see their marketing as this big holistic approach because we have clients who they really want this like top end video. They really want this top end design or they want something going out. Yeah. But all these other areas of their business have been left neglected Yeah. or yeah. they've not had the right investment. So it's like, yeah, you can create this really, really good video or you can create this really good piece of design or 
you know, a, a campaign, you can create anything for them, but if every other element of their marketing, of their brand, isn't that good, yeah. immediately it all starts to fall apart. Yeah. We're yeah. having chats with another client at the moment, and we're trying to discuss branding to do with packaging and stuff, and it's just not great. Um, because of that, even if, if we throw everything at the video we're about to create for them, it'll be great until you see the packaging, and then immediately it just sort of falls apart. It's yeah. like, you know, imagine watching like the start of like a Christopher Nolan film, yeah, this massive, this massive big like intro to this huge like you know spectacle yeah. blockbuster. Yeah, and then they've got the cast of Hollyoaks. Yeah, immediately it's just fallen to yeah. shit, hasn't it? Like it's just not that great. They haven't yeah. thought about every element of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, hopefully with visual storytelling, hopefully clients, people start realizing that every part of their visual online being yeah has to be right. I I think maybe that's the related trend that you're predicting is that people will start seeing the importance of, of having the visuals and the story run through everything that they're putting out there. Yeah, and a lot of it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be a massive investment for clients either because like, if you think about a really like simple part, again, I, I'm more video than you guys, so I always often chat in like video examples, but let's say they've got um, a brand new video out. One way to make like a lot of the peripheral stuff to that video make sense is to brand their youtube which you know yeah they might have to invest in new branding if you haven't got it but yeah. again it's not a it's not a massive investment yeah yeah they might then use that to you know put branding on all their other socials so however you're watching a video you're going to see stuff yeah. that makes sense yeah that yeah. could be a reasonably cheap one obviously there's more more you know expensive investments yeah redoing the website stuff like that or a full rebrand yeah yeah but it doesn't have to be a massive uh massive time or money investment no and it's a typical conversation we have with clients where it's sort of listing the things we'd recommend getting yeah. done but then doing them in a priority order because everyone's got different budgets and and the beauty is when you do it effectively you start identifying those that will get the biggest returns early all of them are important but the returns early so they can reinvest and they can see the proof really of what, of what you're trying to do for it yeah. we, we've said no to loads of clients for ads yeah. Because where we where we would be sending them with, you know, these killer video assets or copywriting just won't do the job. Yeah, I, I also think there's the point there where it's looking at the return on investment. So you could spend 50 grand on ads. But if you're pointing to the website that isn't going to convert, you've probably burnt through 50 grand with no return. Yeah. Whereas if you would have just spent 20 grand on a new website and put 30 grand into the ads, you've spent the same amount, but the return you're going to get on the 30 grand yeah. is way higher. Yeah, yeah. And it's looking at how to maximise the budget we spoke about previously and how to make sure they're actually going to get a return. Yeah. Because you can point websites at a crappy landing page, but yeah. there's no point if it's not going to get the return. No, definitely. So one of the last trends I think we're going to talk about, which was also hot on people's lists, is the rise in short form video. Yeah. So I know we spoke about previously video being on every trend list every year for the past 10 years. But we did promise to get specific and give actual <laughs> yeah. good insight on it. So yeah. So with the rise in of TikTok, of Reels, of uh, YouTube Shorts, there's been a rise of the amount of short form video that's been created. Yeah. And also specific short form video, because I'd say in the last three years, it's more been long form video that's been repurposed for short form, 
where we've seen a real need for short form video created for short form video, if that makes sense. Yeah. How do you think that's going to impact people's marketing? I think one of the most interesting things to come at the end of 2023 was TikTok putting out their report. And part of what came from the report was the OnePlus movement, which is a minute plus videos. Okay. So short form itself is changing yeah. and, and, and in many places getting longer. Still short form, but it's actually increasing and they're wanting a minute plus videos because that's where they're seeing best engagement, best best retention, best rewatch even. Um, what do you think's driving that, Drew? Do you think it feeds into the storytelling? You've just got more time. Hasn't it happened to every platform? Every platform starts off really, really short and then we realise that the people who are using it and trying to push the platform forward need a bit more time for visual storytelling or something. They, they're just wanting more time to try and engage their their like, uh, their like fans, their audience. Is so it, every single platform then introduces slightly longer. Has that happened on all of them? It's probably always in flux. They're always looking at the data and behaviours change, don't they? Yeah. I, I wonder if it's part of creators doing short form are able to reach loads of people fast and then they get followers and then it's actually longer content people want. And then because longer content's made, like the wider audience get used to slightly longer content yeah. and it feeds yeah. there. Yeah, because I, yeah, that, that, that was the point. Sorry, but it was a question, but it was a rhetorical question. Like it, it has happened to a lot of those platforms, hasn't it? If worked? you ask me a rhetorical question, I'm going to always answer. Good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, I, th I, think, I think in a lot of cases, creating... Uh, one minute 30 video if you're wanting to go that one plus slightly and you're wanting to create slightly longer form short form content if that makes yeah. sense that's probably easier than it is creating you know four or five unique 20 second videos yeah so i think you can probably flesh out your idea and yeah if you've got a if you've got like a pretty good viewer base then they're going to want to engage with that content a bit more yeah um trying to think of like a lot a lot of the like the youtube people that i watch the content that i see is 20 minutes to an hour yeah so it's already quite long form stuff but to be fair thinking about a few of those they have probably have come from me looking at short form stuff originally on reels yeah, finding yeah. stuff like that yeah. and then thinking i want to watch more so it makes sense that, con that platforms like tiktok then want to yeah jump on that slightly yeah i think it's also down to the behavior of the user in terms of on youtube you can see the length of the video and you're buying into watching that video for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Whereas on TikTok, they hide it. Like the amount of times I've watched yeah. a video and it's been four minutes long, but because even, it's a Even good on video, shorts, it's not prevalent though, is it? It's, no. it's there, but it's, it's I didn't mean just, just TikTok, yeah. but I mean the short form platforms at the moment, they don't show the duration. So the amount of times I've watched a four minute video and not realized it's been four minutes until you're rewatching it again. You're like, oh, I'll skip to that bit. And then it comes up with the duration when you, because you can skip on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know whether it's the, the buy-in of it because you're not buying into watching it for four minutes. You're starting to watch it. You're enjoying the content. So you're leading by the content you're enjoying rather yeah. than seeing a thumbnail and a title and going, now I've got to sit here for 40 minutes and watch this. Yeah. You're probably right. We, we used to advise clients in the early days of doing video that simply seeing the runtime will put people off because it was at a time where everyone was trying to get a home homepage video, which still not enough people do and which is bonkers but uh but they would because they're filming that one thing they'd be like oh i want it to be three to five minutes um which is 
pretty boring for an overview of a video. It's hard to make that continuously engaging. Slightly off topic, but I also think that it's the shift in how TikTok's being used. So some people have predicted that TikTok's going to take over Google as the number one search platform, which I personally think is crazy. <laughs> I don't think there'll ever be the amount of people using TikTok as a search platform than there is currently using Google. Yeah. And I don't think there'll ever be that shift, personally. Um, but there is a rise in people using TikTok for yeah, their yeah. search platform. Yeah. And it's people looking for answers. So people are more likely going to be watching a short form video or a longer short form video to get the answer to what they're looking for rather than reading an article. Yeah. The the shift in sort of Gen Z and even millennials and how they want to engage with information and get their source of information is shifting and the attention spans are dropping. So it's It's the shorter to the long, isn't it? They might search for it, see the short version and be like this has in what I need yeah. and then commit to the, you know, 15 minute how to install the radiator. There's also been a big rise in TikTok Live, right? So TikTok Live is long form by yeah. definition because it's live and you're watching it for potentially hours. Yeah, yeah. So because there's been a rise in that, they're probably seeing a big shift where people want to see that long form content, not live, but still long form. Yeah. What's the most popular sort of live on TikTok right now? I'm a bit biased because mm. the only thing I see is basically TikTok shops. Either TikTok shops or community-based stuff. So it'll be people that have a big fan base going on to speak to their audiences. Right. like an Ask Me Anything thing. Yeah, that yeah. type of thing. Or they might be getting ready or just something to like engage with their audience to keep that touch point rather than just being videos that they can't really engage with. Yeah. They can just yeah. reply to comments. And then it's, yeah, TikTok shop. With the rise of TikTok being used as a search platform, it's also shopping, yeah, the, the, yeah. the prediction of the amount of companies and B2C companies that are going to be selling on TikToks gonna be crazy high so it's it's people selling basically yeah yeah okay yeah so basically then the tldr is that short form content's probably not going to be as short as it used to be we're going to see one minute plus we're going to see slightly longer form short yeah. form content and we're also going to see content where it's specifically for those platforms like you were saying jess we've seen loads of people and we've done it before you shoot something 69 you repurpose it for all the different aspect ratios yeah. for all the different platforms yeah. But we, like a lot of other people, are now seeing a big rise of people, clients, after specific content shots yeah. for specific platforms. And it's probably the other way now. So this stuff we're filming for Google Demand Gen and things like that, it's it's really 9.16 focused. And the afterthought is shooting 16.9. Yeah, to be fair, uh, we, we, were, we were just wrapping up that topic, but then that, that just got me thinking of a question is uh do you think ctv is going to be a big trend for 2024 the rise of ctv and the importance of it yeah definitely and they're doing I, I i watch a lot and they're doing so many experimentations now it's like the the platforms change almost weekly to find you know a sweet spot of what people want from skipping short ads before your videos play to a message saying watch this longer video and you'll have fewer ads throughout and this is like an hour and a half golfing video. So yeah. you have an ad every 10 minutes. There's loads of them. But w yeah, I could go make, it's like traditional TV. I could go make a cup of tea, come back, and I've got my whole video with fewer yeah. ads. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, do you want to just summarize what CTV is? CTV means connected TV. So essentially watching YouTube or something similar in your living room, uh, which I do every single morning. So we've run through several trends that we think are going to be hot for 2024, but also some things that we think aren't going to be hot in 2024. Yeah. Um, and so there's some key takeaways for people. 
to explore when they're thinking about their 2024 strategy. And yep. also individual campaigns, thinking about the visual storytelling to make sure that your messaging is running throughout and also what type of content you're running for things. Yeah, I think there's some really easy things that people can bank on. Visual storytelling, running through everything that you do. That should be, you know, high up there, especially when you start looking at first person data. Yeah. Your actual branding is going to become very important, building that community, yeah. reaching into there. And then there's a bunch of stuff that I would say in your strategy, just leave room for experimentation. You know, that, you know, if you've got budget to play with, maybe start investigating some of the, you know, emerging technologies that can be out there. Yeah. So to round up, do we want to each give like a little tip for 2024 that we think is going to be hot or something that we think people should be focusing on? I think just make your, if you're, if you're going to try and get video content, Try and infuse it with humor. Try and give it narrative and purpose. Try and make it uh, connect with the viewer. Um, we're seeing loads of stuff at the moment where clients are thankfully trying to get humor and personality into their video yeah. content after years of loads of boring, dull corporate stuff. Um, so if more people get into that, I can only see a positive for it. All the big, all the big brands do it constantly, and everyone yeah. applauds them yeah. for them for it all the time. And then all the small brands just wimp out. Don't wimp out. People want to see it. Yeah. Your your customer base wants to wants to see that. Yeah. And I think with so much competition out there, I think invest time on your follow-up comms with people. We mentioned newsletters. Yeah. I think how can you make those unique, feel individual and personalized? What's the follow-on? Is there short form video content that you know, your community can buy into and even with UGC contribute to. Yeah. I think, look there, 2024. Mine's around community. I've spoken about it a lot in this episode, but mainly due to how quickly everything's going to be shifting over the next couple of years and having your own community and first party data, yeah. I think is going to be crucial with Twitter changing to X and then the fear of X now disappearing and threads not being used as much and things like that. You can't rely on one platform anymore. Yeah. So allowing yourself to have audiences, but also having first party data, so newsletters and things like that. Yeah. It's gonna be gonna be critical. Let's see later down the year if uh, any of this episodes age like milk or age like wine. Yeah, and the beauty is we can just pull it. If none of these trends came in, we'll just take down the the episode. <laughs> oh, they didn't do an episode one. Yeah. We're trend setting. Trend setting. That's a great place to leave it, guys. But uh, when are we going to see everyone next? Well, next, we're going to see a few of us, but not all of us, because it's a guest episode next. And we've got Joe Glover from yeah. the Marketing Meetup in. And Jess, you were away. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to listen to it and gain <laughs> all the insights that I missed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you if you're into marketing, you've probably heard of Joe. Definitely the Marketing Meetup. Yeah. All the great stuff they're doing with community building it's uh it's an exciting time and it's going to be a fun episode and we'll uh, see you in two weeks and wait we'll did you say two weeks why we're doing it bi-weekly so it's two weeks yeah this was a bit for the pod but we can use that reaction what huh <laughs> that was right what <laughs> we'll just see said, them right? in two weeks yeah and that's why i went wait two weeks setting up like oh we're <laughs> gonna play with it and you went yeah <laughs> We said we were doing it two weeks. We'll just go with that version of it. <laughs> I wouldn't really go with that version. Oh, no. 
Charlie Dan, edit that version up.